Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 383, Overcoming Emotional Spending with Megan Dwyer. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about specifically emotional spending. If you were here with us a few weeks ago, we did an episode on the psychological reasons behind why we spend. And one of those was emotional. And we are doing a deep dive into just that one today with our friend Megan. Great conversation. Of course, a lot of the more emotional whole person perspective and With Megan's background, she brings such an awesome perspective and just some helpful tips, tools, questions we can be asking. Megan is a certified financial planner and she hosts the Money Isn't Scary podcast. After spending 15 years watching women take a passive role in the management of their money, she's on a mission to help them stop playing small. So she's got so much experience in helping people know all of the ins and outs of what to do, what not to do with their finances, but also has really excellent insight on the other aspects to this bigger picture of why we might be spending the way that we're spending. But first, this episode is brought to you by the friend letter. We have a weekly newsletter that we publish three times a week sent straight to your inbox where we are helping you overcome all of your overspending, whether it's emotional, impulsive, habitual, mindless, whatever it is. We want to help you spend better and consume less of what doesn't matter so you can afford more of what does. So if that is something that you need help with, then head over to frugalfriendspodcast.com. This newsletter is free. We also share freebies and different spending hacks. We are very much getting into how to afford quality products over cheap quantity and sales, getting swept up by sales 
um, on cheap things. So that is really what we're focusing on in the friend letter. Please, frugalfriendspodcast.com, get the friend letter. It will very, very much help you on your spending journey. It'll change your life, really. I hope. hope. Drastically. That is my hope. (laughs) Yeah. Between that, the podcast, following us on social media, life-changing. Yes, we hope so. So I mentioned at the end of the interview um, wanting to look into some healthy um, coping mechanisms. And I did look those up after the interview. So stay around to the outro. And I'm going to quickly run through those after the interview. Cool. Let's get with Megan. Megan, welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I had such a lovely conversation with you when you did me the honor of coming onto your show. So I'm so glad to have you here talking about a really important topic. And I do want to say, I think we can talk about emotions in such a negative way. And that can be like this socialized thing that happens in our culture. Uh, but when our emotions are not helpful with our finances is kind of what we want to be looking at. And I'm curious for you, Megan, when it comes to your experiences, your work with clients in the financial space, what have you noticed are some of the patterns, common triggers of emotional spending that maybe isn't the most beneficial for their finances? Yeah. So, I mean, I think really anything um, that can be stressful or uncomfortable um, or that we're really using coping as kind of a, I mean, that we're really using spending as kind of a coping mechanism or a quick fix to feel better in the moment um, is something that we see a lot, right? I see this with myself personally. Um, I have get overwhelmed and stressed out, you know, full-time working mom, two young kids. And I find that it's, again, it's like more socially acceptable to go to Target when you're feeling overwhelmed than it is to like go to a bar or something like that. So I think emotional spending sort of gets a um, more of a, like a positive reputation in our culture. But I think um, these are all kind of common, common triggers and it's, it's situational. It's different in everybody's life, like everybody's life. So um, some of those feelings, right, that we get can be, um, like I just said, overwhelm, sadness, fear. It can be boredom. It can be stress. It can be even jealousy. Um, And then there are some positive emotions that can also be triggers for spending. And that can be, I don't know, excitement or um, like you're proud of something or you want to celebrate, right? So I think um, it really could be anything, honestly, that are triggers. And it's all about sort of knowing yourself. There's also, interestingly enough, there's also some behavioral health conditions that um, people can be sort of more predisposed to impulse spending, right, than others. So things like addiction or a substance misuse, um, ADHD is a really common one, anxiety, depression, certain personality disorders. So those are things that may, um, you know, if, if that's something that you identify with or you're, you're, um, you kind of resonate with, that you may want to think about, you know, how is, how am I impulsively reacting when it comes to spending um, or when I'm out shopping? Mm-hmm. And so you, as a uh, certified financial planner, work with clients who are like higher net worth um, and higher income. And so like, how do you see the more money you have, does the 
emotional spending? Does the impulse spending like become less of an impact? Or like, what do you notice in, in your clients or when you're around the water cooler with other CFPs? Like, what should we who is maybe like not multimillionaires and want to be, what should we know about how spending happens at the higher net worths? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, everybody, it doesn't really matter how much money you have. I think I think deep down, emotional spending is really a very personal um, issue, right? It's It comes from um, knowing, well, it comes from emotions and emotions are something that is universal. We're human, we're not robots, right? So every single person is going to have emotions um, and big feelings and things that are going on in our lives that, like I just said, elicit those big feelings in their lives. Um, I think that the higher net worth you have, the less that emotional spending tends to be an issue. And that's only because cash flow may not be as big of an issue, right? If you have more income coming in, then what's going out may not be as as important. We don't necessarily look at, um, when I'm doing this work for, for clients, we don't necessarily look at where the money is going. We're looking at trends in, in spending. So we can see what's coming in when um, we look at kind of pre and post tax dollars and then where, and then what is going out. So that's really my job in the, as a, in a as a financial planner is to take that data and then sort of project forward. How is the spending sustainable on a, um, on a long-term basis? But that doesn't really, it, where the dollars go is really where we're kind of getting at here. So on, um, you know, maybe the average person, right, that may not have a quite as high of an income or a net worth, um, the issue really comes down to, um, to where the dollars are going and is this sustainable for you in your everyday life, right? And if it's not, and that's when we identify that there might be an issue and there might be something that needs to be worked on. Now, the other piece to this too is, yes, there's the there's the numbers. There is, hey, what's coming in and, and, and what's going out. And then there's also the... Um, the emotional reaction to it. So if you are feeling, if you're buying something and you feel so much guilt and shame and, and, and maybe overwhelm after that purchase, then that's a huge um, kind of red flag that something is off. So that's where I think we need to kind of like focus on those two things, regardless of, of what your net worth is or, how, or what your kind of cash flow situation is. I think it's encouraging in part to me to hear that there's benefit to working on some of these more internal pieces of our behaviors and thoughts and actions and habits around our spending, around how we manage our emotions, regardless of the amount of money that we make, because it doesn't really matter. A lot of times it's not, I need to make more. Oftentimes it's, I need to learn more about myself and refine the things that are going to point me towards more well-being and benefit. And then more money could help us. But until we kind of know ourselves and are able to spend on our values and cope with life's difficulties in ways that are beneficial, then the money doesn't have much to do with that. But it, we can hurt Absolutely. ourselves financially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's also encouraging is like, if you're coming up in your career or you're pursuing a higher level of income, knowing that but it just putting into perspective, like while I work on this, I also need to be working on the internal stuff of yes. why I'm spending money. Because yes, I want to make more money. Making more money does make these things less of a of a burden, but less of a financial burden and not less of an emotional burden. Like there are, it is still an unhealthy way 
to cope with emotions or celebrate emotions, um, like spending money is still an unhealthy way to do that. So like, while it, yes, it might have less of a financial impact at a higher income, it still doesn't meet the need. It is still a, a just a treadmill that leads nowhere. Absolutely. You're still not getting to the root of the issue. There's mm-hmm. still something else going on here and, and spending, buying yourself something to, to fill that void. It's like putting a bandaid on a bullet hole, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about specific emotions. Um, I found while doing research for this episode, this study from Lending Tree, uh, it's 2000 US consumers. It mm, mm, passes my study standard. test. It does mm. pass my, my standard. And it's a financial survey, a general financial survey from a financial company, which also it's not skewed, but it's like targeted. So and they say 69% of Americans say their emotions have influenced their spending. And what really surprised me was that the survey found that overall Americans are more likely to spend when they're in a positive mood, um, but some still seek retail therapy. So it said almost half of Americans have made in a purchase in an attempt to prove their mood, um, with women much more likely to do so than men, at least vocally. Um, but people, and it lists down here the different reasons people have said um, that they spend. So 50% say stress is the top. So that is number one. But uh, the next one was excitement. 44% said they shop because they're excited. So like maybe you got a new job. Maybe you're excited to go on vacation. Like all these things, excitement. And then happiness. You're just in a good mood. Like you're feeling yourself and you you know want to buy some new makeup or something. So I was really surprised to see that a lot of people spend out of we knew this but i didn't know how high the statistics skewed toward positive emotions so let's let's kind of start there what are some of the ways that maybe you've experienced or seen in your um in your practice like some of the ways people can curb their spending when they're sp- spending out of these positive emotions or want to celebrate something yeah. And it's funny, like, like, let's think about that. You know, we, um, a family and I, we just booked a, um, a trip in over the winter. I live in Boston, so we wanted to go somewhere warm. So of course, you know, my brain starts thinking like, well, I need to get a bathing suit. I need to get new sandal, you know, and I need to get stuff from my kids and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I, I hear you. Like I get, I guess we get, it's that anticipatory excitement around it. Um, and then same thing, like I think about the celebratory, right? Like, wow, I just, um, maybe I got a promotion or I just nailed that interview or I did something like so great, right? At work. And it's like, you want to celebrate yourself for it. Right. So what do we do? Um, we go out to dinner or, and this is again, like, this is just kind of cultural things that we've been taught, right. We, um, we go out to dinner or we go treat ourselves to, I don't know, a new pair of shoes or something like that, that makes us feel good. Um, oftentimes we can also say, Hey, um, coffee on me this morning, or I'll buy a bagels for the whole office or something like that. Right. And I want to get across that there's nothing wrong with that. Like in my mind, and this is going to be probably radical, I really think that all spending is emotional. I think that um, we are taught that emotions in our culture are a bad thing. I think emotions are actually a really good thing because they're telling us things. They're telling us things that we need to know. So if we actually can kind of listen to our emotions, um, we recognize that there's there, there there's something that goes a little deeper here that maybe we need to dig into. Um, 
And money is emotional. Like there's no way around it. You can say it's not, but it, of course it is because money helps us to um, feel all the things that we want in life, right? Like security, safety, um, being able to take care of our kids and our families and, you know, be, or being taken care of ourselves. So there's like some kind of core, I think like foundational level emotions that you can't deny and just denying denying it isn't going to get us anywhere, right? So um, money is emotional. How we earn money is emotional and how we spend money is emotional. But when it comes to the positive, we tend to think of like the emotional spending as the negative, right? And that's what we were just just getting into. But the but the positive stuff we we almost like brush off, we brush aside. So um and what are some strategies, you know, that you can kind of work with around those positive emotions? Like it maybe instead of, you know, going out to dinner and spending $150, maybe you just make a special dinner at home and go to the grocery store and get the ingredients and make something at home. And that saves a, a good amount of money there. Um, and I love this, what I'm going to say, because this is the financial planner in me. Um, I love thinking about like your future self versus your current self. So instead of saying like, hey, I just got that promotion. Why don't I go buy myself a new pair of shoes, right? These super cute shoes or this bag that I've been eyeing. Um, why don't you make an investment in yourself instead? So maybe make a contribution to your IRA or, you know, create, um, put a deposit into, I don't know, your kids 529 or something like that. I think we forget that, um, that there is a future self because we get so caught up in the moment and the emotions feel so strong in that moment, but there's plenty of ways to kind of like slow down. Like that's the biggest thing, especially for women and moms, which is kind of more my, my audience is we're on this treadmill constantly and we're just feeling like everything coming at us. And we, we don't take the time to just slow down and actually feel what is going on here? What is happening? And what do I really want? And think about not only future you or not only current you, but future you as well. Mm. I do think it's so important to be able to attach action to something that is going on in our life circumstances, especially when it comes to celebrating. I know Jen and I talk a lot about often flying past accomplishments or things that have happened in life that are celebratory. It is, I can especially understand why we'd want to make a monetary action when we get a raise. It's here's a way to celebrate the fact that I can now, I can afford to go out. So I think there even can be times where it does cost us money and we're okay with that, but we're always talking about, but where does it become non-beneficial right. for us? And so I think some of the foundations that you're laying are really helpful for us to think through. Will this help me or hurt me in both the short term and the long term? Is there a way that I can celebrate that's going to feel really good? It doesn't mean it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to cost money. It could mean going out to dinner, but would I be just as happy if I stayed at home too, but was still able to attach action to this thing just happened. It's worth putting a pause on and ritualizing it in some way that I can feel really good about. Yeah. And the thing I'll add to that too, is it doesn't have to be so black and white. I'm somebody that's, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I always think like in this all or nothing kind of, kind of mindset. So I have to kind of coach myself out of it, but I really think that, yeah, it doesn't have to be, um, to one extreme or the other, you could still spend money. You could still, 
you know, buy something for yourself if you really want to. And, and I want, I don't want you to think that you can't, right? Because that's totally okay. It just has to be within something that feels good for you. And you'll know if it doesn't feel good. Your body will tell you that your emotions, because you'll have feelings. You'll have, you, there might be guilt. It might be shame, whatever it is, or discomfort or something will come up and tell you that, Hey, this doesn't feel right. But if it's within your means and it's something that feels good to you in this moment and it's, you know, not that expensive, cool, do it. I, I don't want to discourage somebody from not celebrating or doing something that that is important to them. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to start with the positive emotion aspect, because unfortunately, it happens so much less than the stress emotion. Yeah. And we do tend to gloss over and we should celebrate more. We should celebrate yeah. more achievements, celebrate smaller achievements. And I think we should memorialize them in some way. Uh, usually that way can spend that can cost money. And I loved Megan, your suggestion of instead of going out to eat, maybe making something at home, but it, it doesn't have to be that like people are going to have different standards of celebration, right? Some people's celebration is like a $500 dinner at a really nice restaurant. And so maybe if that's not in the budget you have, because sometimes we want to celebrate outside of the capacity that we are already earning, um, fit something into it. So maybe it's just a less nice restaurant. It doesn't have to be a dinner at home. Or maybe like Carrabba's is your idea of a nice restaurant. And so maybe right now in your capacity, that means, okay, maybe I'm not going to spend the money at that, you know, that restaurant, but maybe I'm going to spend, I'm going to splurge at the grocery store on the Wagyu like beef yeah. steaks that yeah. I would normally not get. And that's going to be my celebration. So it's not not spending on these celebratory things. I think we also have to put them into per perspective too, because like if you've got 19 credit cards with like $100 and you pay off, you know, eight credit cards in a month, you're not going out to dinner eight times in a month, probably. That's probably like too much. But if you get a raise and you really fought for that raise, it's not just like you're, you know, you're 3%, then then that can be like a heightened celebration. So I think it's also good to kind of prioritize like what are my what are my goals and how am I, I going to celebrate each? So that might be like yeah. and it yeah. also forces you to celebrate them, right? Yes. It, it forces you you can't just gloss over it uh and then really like you feel how significant a success is. Too. Yeah. And because it's something different, right? So if it's, mm -hmm. you don't want to do the same things that you always do. Like for me, you know, going to Target is something that I talk about a lot on my show and how I have this love-hate relationship with Targets. But if I'm using going to Target as a, a, as a reward for doing something great, then what is it every other, it almost like devalues, right? Like if, the, it, if it's a reward for getting your kids to school, then that's probably something to pay attention to. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that like, also we need to, um, it's important to maybe list out what are ways to celebrate. So we don't kind of automatically go back to that default, right? So what are ways that I can celebrate myself, right? Which again, I feel like is something where we need to slow down and recognize like, what's going to feel good to me. And you're the only one that can answer that, unfortunately. You know, that I think culture tells us what self-care is and what celebrations should be, right? The champagne and all that stuff. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that way for you, right? It's like everybody has their own definition of it and how we and how we actually take that into action. 
I appreciate your radical perspective on all spending is emotional and it really is just defining what is going to be best for each one of us when it comes to the ways we implement and understand our emotions when it comes to our spending behaviors. And so the flip side of celebration and happiness and really good things happening is some of what we've touched on a bit of overwhelm and fear and stress and anxiety and jealousy and some of these quote unquote negative emotions or not as comfortable emotions and how that can lead us to spend. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if you, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Are there any different techniques or tips that you have found for your clients or from your clients that work when it comes to if my spending is primarily triggered by those types of emotions? Honestly, I I don't, I think we're getting at sort of the ultimate, uh, the same ultimate thing, right? Which is knowing yourself. So I I think um, the application of how to like that comes later, how to stop spending or curb your spending. But I think we need to really like dig, get like hop off the treadmill, slow down, dig beneath the surface to see what actually is going on here. Right. Because I think it's not, I think the answer to not spending is going to look different depending on what the need is. Right. So what is that void? What is it? And and, um, this is something again, that can be so hard for women to do, especially when you're just overwhelmed and there's so much coming at you. Um, I, myself, I started my podcast in, in 2020 and I was at the time, um, my husband had lost his job. I was working full-time from home and I had a three and a one-year-old at home. And I found myself online shopping because I was, there was nowhere to go, right? I couldn't go to stores and I was trying to, um, make myself feel better. I was trying to fill this void essentially. And then I would start to feel this guilt and shame because those things would sit in my closet with the tags on and I would never use them because I, again, I had nowhere to go. And, and, but then I'd almost like crave, um, crave spending more, crave more shopping, even though it, it wasn't the thing that was going to solve my problem. And this is what I always say. It's, it's never the thing. It's never the object. It's the feeling behind the thing. So I started this podcast because I knew I couldn't have been alone during that time. I think a lot of us were struggling during that time. And I really wanted to figure out with myself what was going on. And, um, and, and I know that, and I made it a public thing because I wanted other women to, uh, to be able to relate to it as well and know that they're not alone in this. And so, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of big feelings going on at that time. And I, I think some of the big ones and the big themes there were connection, um, you know, appreciation, feeling overwhelmed, feeling scared, feeling anxiety. There was a lot of things. And I discovered that kind of like episode by episode and through kind of journaling and getting it out, right, that that um, there was more beneath the surface, right? So it wasn't buying the the J. Crew headband and the the new sneakers and stuff. It was it that was not going to solve the issue. It was it was peeling back those layers and figuring out what was really underneath. And I feel like again, for so many women, there's so many of those those. Um, overwhelming emotions that come up. And it's not just the emotions because I feel like the emotions are, are a reflection of the time that we're in and the cir- circumstances and the situation that we're dealing with. There's also beliefs underneath that. So where do these, be- what are the beliefs that I have and how are those impacting how I'm feeling right now? Um, and a lot of that, especially when it comes to money and everything comes from how we grew up. Um, and, and so there's kind of the two pieces, there's how we grew up. And then there's also the culture that we live in too, and how we kind of live in this materialistic and consumeristic consumerism culture, um, that's encouraging us, um, to spend and kind of preying off of our insecurities and our emotions and saying, spend more, spend more, right. Because this is going to solve your problems when really it's, it's, it's not, (laughs) I'm just going to say it. It's not. So, um, so unfortunately there, there is no, in my mind, quick fix to this right? There's no quick fix to all of a sudden um, stop spending money or start spending money differently. It's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a journey to self-awareness um, and really getting to know how you operate, right? And what are those core beliefs and what are some of those things that I want to maybe you know, change? 
Such a tough one because when we're feeling uncomfortable emotions, one of the last things we want to do is uncomfortable work of what those emotions are attached to. Usually our go-to coping mechanisms are some sort of escape. And that can help for a time. But eventually, I think we're all going to find ourselves in a place where we recognize that what we tried to fill the void with didn't actually meet the need. The void is still there, but now I have spent more than I wanted to. I've collected things that are still stressing me out. And I, I think it's only until we kind of get to that point a couple of times that then we see the the fruit, the benefit of, all right, I'll do some of the uncomfortable things because that might get me closer to actually finding what's going to meet my need here. I think we we avoid it because we think it's not, it's just all going to be discomfort. But to find that eventually we do learn more about ourselves and we can find activities and ways of relating that more closely connect to the deeper need. And we can feel more satisfied and at peace and content for the long term than some of these quick fixes that continuously lead us on this cycle. Yes. All that to say, I'm curious, Megan, you've talked a lot about doing some of that deeper work, getting to know yourself. Are there a couple of questions like your kind of top of mind that either you go through or you recommend to clients when they are wanting to know what it's attached to? Like what, what can we be asking ourselves in those moments? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some good ones. So I think if you're struggling right now, um, again, finding kind of a quiet space and just saying, okay, how am I feeling? What is it that I'm feeling? And I write it down, identify. And and there is, I think people forget, right? That there's more than just like three emotions. It's not just sad. It's not just overwhelmed. There's a whole list of emotions out there. You can Google it. It's (laughs) There's a whole list of- Get yourself a good emotions wheel. Exactly. Yes. There's a lot of emotions that help you very much narrow in and identify what it is that you're feeling, right? So so what is it that I'm feeling? Um, And- how do I, I guess one of the other questions that I would say is how do I want to feel? And this is something that women, especially, again, I feel like don't take the time to, to work through. So I'm feeling this right now and, oh, I'm going through it. I'm having a really tough time, but how do I want to feel instead? Right. Instead of feeling, um, overwhelmed and stressed out and like, um, like I, I'm not in control of my own life, right? How do I want to feel? I want to feel at ease. I want to feel peace, right? These are things that, again, we don't really like talk about or we don't imagine, we don't envision because we just don't see it in our reality, right? So um, what is it? Is it pent up energy and or is it connection that I'm craving or what is it, right? What What is it that I'm feeling right now and, and what do I want to feel? And what's that gap in between, right? How do I get myself there? Um, and again, only you can do that, but it's, again, it's, I really encourage like small incremental action. It's not, again, it's not a quick fix. It's not going to happen overnight, but if you want to feel, if you have this pent up energy and you want to feel, um, connected, go for a walk with a friend or, you know, just go for a walk by yourself, get that energy out and then come back and call a friend or something like little things like that, that we can sort of back into. And I think by asking yourself these questions, we can sort of come up with like a toolbox of, of, um, tools, tricks that we can use when we're in those moments, when we're struggling. 
What have you found in your journey from being in that place in in 2020 and using online shopping as your coping mechanism to now? What do you feel like for you and your story has kind of helped you bridge the gap the most? Definitely the self-awareness. Like I will now take the time to pause when I'm struggling. If I we just had a morning at my house and it's a say it's a weekend, it's a Saturday morning, and and then you know I have I have a few minutes to myself. I'm like I just need a break. You know I I really will instead of just like default driving to Target or driving to the mall or something like that, I'll sit in the car and I'll take a few deep breaths and I will literally go through that in my head and I will ask myself what do I need right now? What am I feeling? How do I want to feel? And and what's going to help me? That that helps me back into like how to spend that that hour that I have to myself. And again, it's it may not be, and maybe it is dri- driving to the mall, but maybe it's just walking around. And, may, and, and sometimes I do, honestly, I think it's fun to just like window shop too, fully knowing I'm not going to shop because I just like to see what's going on. And for me, it's kind of fun. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to go spend bunch of money that I didn't intentionally want to buy. Right. And it'll, it just forces me to slow down. Again, I also journal. That's something that I do. If I'm really having a hard time, I will just pull out a piece of paper and I don't do it like in a formal journal necessarily, but I pull out a piece of paper and I'm just like, what's going on? Cause it allows me to get that, all those feelings that are inside me out physically out somewhere. And I usually feel better afterwards. And I'm like, okay, now I can come back to this in a different, in a different place. Yeah, connecting with yourself. Yeah, it helps for the rest of the day too. Like put like doing work and being present for your kids and for your coworkers, like not just in the money saving aspect of not spending to cope, but if you want to show up better in your relationships, having these uh, alternative coping me- mechanisms and you can definitely like Google coping mechanisms as well in a- in addition to your emotions wheel. Um, but like having these alternative coping mechanisms helps in, in so many other aspects. What you're describing, Megan, to me, seems like the difference between playing darts with a blindfold on or a blindfold off. Don't get me wrong. I'm bad either way. I will make (laughs) holes in your wall, put up cork around it, but it, it's like throwing a dart and not knowing even where remotely the bullseye is yeah. versus I can at least see it. I know what I'm aiming at. Is that yes. difference between checking in with myself? What is my need? What's it attached to? And is there a way that I can meet that need that is more focused on where the need lies? Sometimes we just go to spending and shopping because maybe it has worked in the past, but it's shopping, buying something impulsively is not actually going to solve my relational need that I'm feeling as a result of tension that's going on with close friends. That's going to come from a relational reorientation and connecting with people. Shopping's never going to meet that. But if we don't take the time to ask ourselves, where's this coming from? Then we will find ourselves on that never-ending cycle. Spot on. It is matching the solution to the need, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you know what else matches a solution with a need? It hits the bullseye every single time, blindfolded or not. Definitely a healthy coping mechanism. The, the bill, bill of the week.
right, it's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Megan, every week we invite our listeners and our guests to share with us their bill for the week. And we would love to hear yours today. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to share this. It is my very last daycare bill ever. Oh, um, get out of here. Bye. It was, it was, um, so my, my youngest, I have two boys that are seven and five and my youngest, um, started kindergarten this past fall. And when I no longer had that auto debit from his preschool coming out, it was like the best day of my life. One day. I almost got there, but one day I too will be there. <laughs> yeah. Kids kids get older. They get older faster. That's amazing. Yeah, man. It's, that, a, it's such a good, good feeling. Good for you. Good Anyone for you. who has kids is like, oh my God, it's like the it's you just got the biggest raise of your life. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. I I purposely waited to only pay for daycare for one child at a time. So literally just swapped Smart. them out. But still, like, an infant is more expensive than a two-plus-year-old. So it did cost me more for daycare, yeah. but only for a few years. Yeah. Uh, do you know what you're going to do with that influx of cash? Oh, I am, I've already allocated for it. I mean, I'm, I'm socking it away. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, in a 529 or an Thinking IRA. about your future self. Honestly, I'm putting it in cash at the moment because there's so much stuff that the kids need with like, oh. we, we're, right now we've got camps coming up, camp expenses oh, yeah. for, the, for the, um, the summer, which is crazy. There's always something. So it's a small amount, but I feel like it's, it, it's, it, I, what goes in goes out when it comes to the kids. So I just want to have something there in an account that I can pull from when I need it. And, and of course, you know, interest rates are pretty competitive right now. So it's not a bad place to just park it in cash. Yeah, nice. for sure. Yeah. If you all listening have a bill that you want to share, if it's about the very final last daycare bill, because your kids are getting older and it's a good thing, they're getting smarter and wiser. Or if your your name is Bill and you run a daycare <laughs> Or just a bill you don't (laughs) mind paying. (laughs) Whatever it is, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, 
I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now it's time for the lightning round. (laughs) All right. So in today's lightning round, Megan, you kind of went into this this question a little bit. So we're going to vary it up a little. So the, the question is, how do you tell the difference between what you truly need and what you impulsively want? Um, but I would love for us to share. Here you go. Here True you go. True vulnerability when she's just pulling it I'm out of thin air. Pulling it out of thin air, uh, right? Uh, we have an outline, but uh, it's a uh, it's loose. Loose. Uh, what was your last positive emotional impulse buy? Positive. Yeah, I just talked about it. Um, I, I, we booked a trip to Florida. Yeah, I live in Boston, and we booked a trip, and that was intentional. That was not impulsive. Like we had planned to do that. I had money saved for that. All good. But yeah, I mean, then I decided that I was going to go to again. I said I went to Target, and I didn't at that time because I was with my son go and get a new bathing suit. But however, I did when I came home ordered it online because I could. I had the. Um, I had a discount code, so. Mm. <laughs> yes. You go next. Any more time? Okay. I good because I have mine. <laughs> it was also not impulsive, but and it was not the last one. I'm sure. I'm sure that in the last like nine months, I've or yeah, eight or nine months, I have. But my favorite one, maybe of last year, was on my birthday when we got a book deal and we went out to celebrate with margaritas and chips and salsa. And that purchase was a celebration of half my birthday, half uh-huh. of getting the book deal. Uh-huh. Amazing. And I love spending money 
on but all those margaritas and You chips. know what, though? We got affordable quality over cheap quantity in happy that hour. one because we went at happy hour. Yes. yes. Oh, well, there you go. That doesn't yeah. count. <laughs> yeah. Although we also got quantity. Yeah, <laughs> we did get quantity. We got both. And that's where you really go right. Was it endless chips and salsa? Yes. Oh, yes. you yes. betcha. Yes. You can't You're go not going to find that. us at a non-endless chips and salsa You're not going to find us there. If they don't include endless <laughs> chips and salsa, you won't find us there. <laughs> if you don't sell pitchers of margarita at happy hour, you, you also won't, won't find, find us, us there. there. And you know what, though? I love that, that answer because you don't regret a thing about no. it. It sounds like you are so proud of, of doing that. And, and that's what this is all about. Right? And if we're going to talk about ways we saved money on it, I had my husband drop me off so I wouldn't have to Uber. There you go. <laughs> there you a, go. That's having right. your man drop you off in front of the Mexican restaurant yeah. so you can have endless chips and salsa and pitchers of Margs. Mm. It's perfect. Mm, that was that a good amazing. day. We gotta, do, we gotta accomplish something else. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have to accomplish. Finishing the book, Jill. <laughs> Finishing it. <laughs> Ooh, I want something before that. <laughs> All right, Jill, you have had your time. Ooh, uh, okay. I guess it was emotional. I don't know. I should be a more attached person than I am, probably. (laughs) So the last time I spent money was around the holidays. Eric and I decided that we would, instead of getting gifts for each other, we would go shopping, which is not a super common activity for us. But I had been putting money aside for Christmas. And so we had money in the bank and this is how we chose to spend it. But some things I had written down of this is what I want. And other times I just let myself make an impulsive decision on what stood out to me in the moment. One of those things are the pants that I I'm not wearing today. Oh my god! But I, I was hoping you were going to say wearing that. Pretty much every day of last week and this week, I, I literally looked down and I was like, "Oh, you're not wearing the pants." I know. I you're know. getting your money's worth, though. I love I it. I am. That's <laughs> the thing about me. When I buy something, I use it all up. It's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I picked up these pair of pants, and I'm like, "Well, they are my size. They are the specifications of what I'm looking for." But this is a lot of fabric. Truly, I tried it on just because I wanted to know what they were going for. Like I had, I said that out loud. I'm like, I gotta know what they're even trying to do with this amount of fabric. <laughs> and it ended up being the only thing that I bought at the store. And now her personality is, is. these pants. <laughs> yes. You're and owning she wore it, them though. every day last week. And I love that. Gosh darn it, if they don't look comfortable. And you know what? I, it's, and good. There they you go. Good. It is an emotional choice because they made me happy. Yeah. And they still make, they do still make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that's a topic that I feel like, you know, again, can money make you, can money make you happy? I think it can to an extent. I think so too, it, it all depends, right? I mean, I can't, I think it can in the short term and that's what it's doing for you. Right. But at the yeah. end of the day, like it's not going to make all your problems go away, but yeah. having these pair of pants makes you Don't, feel confident yeah. and good. That's great. Yeah. And I feel good about the purchase because I had set the money aside. So I think, you know, even to your point, all of our spending is emotional. I, I had the money to spend, but I still purchased based on somewhat informed by my emotion. How does this make me feel? 
Do I want to Mm -hmm. buy it? And that's an example of where our emotions can be helpful when it comes to spending. Yes. Yes. I think the true lesson that we've learned today is dopamine isn't happiness, but pants (laughs) are. And buy the trip to Florida, drink the margs at happy hour and get the pants with more fabric than you know what to do with. Just plan Uh, for it. And plan for it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Budget for it. And if you're going to (laughs) be impulsive about it, budget for impulsivity. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my. Well, Megan, we've had a blast with you. Can you tell us where people can get more from you? Yeah. So you can check out my website, which is moneyisnscary.com. Um, and you can also check out the podcast, Money Isn't Scary, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and I also am on social media. So Instagram, Facebook, um, all at Money Isn't Scary. And I am, am also have a Facebook group, the Mindful Money Mamas, which is um, where I am a little bit more intimate with people and um, am, am trying to just gather a community of women that are all looking to create a healthy relationship with money. Love that. We're here from some alliter- here for some alliteration. Thanks for being here, Megan. Yeah, thank you. Oh my goodness. That was fun. I had fun with Megan. Also, I really love her reframe about all spending being emotional. Mm-hmm. I think it helps to take some of the guilt out of this being an emotional person seen as a negative thing. We are all emotional people. They play into all aspects of our lives and there are helpful, beneficial ways of managing our emotions and recognizing them and non-beneficial. And it's not as if we detach ourselves from our emotions to make the best financial decisions. Our emotions can be informative when making the best financial decisions. And that's my takeaway. Yeah. I loved how she made it a safe space to be an emotional person. I I really hate when emotions are vilified professionally in the business world. Uh, I think that it really is a is a weapon against women. So viewing people as emotional and valuing emotions, I think it helps us celebrate things like our accomplishments and it helps us cope better. Um, so so we mentioned coping mechanisms and the the um, the pausing and the asking of the questions that Megan said, was really great. It was one of those, one of these like healthy coping mechanisms, um, whereas shopping tends to be the unhealthy. So I just wanted to find the, uh, tell you about the five that I found on goodtherapy.org. Um, and Jill has allowed me to say them. Uh, so the first is support. So talking about a stressful event with a supportive person. So that's something we talked about in the episode. That is an actual thing that is science back that does help with coping. I think some of these we think we read them on the internet and we're like, oh, sure, that's really easy for you to say, mm-hmm. but really <laughs> impractical to do. Um, but I think hearing them from an actual like therapy website and me like, oh, gosh, okay, it is an actually science backed thing that if I paid to go see a therapist, they would probably tell me to do. Maybe I should try it. So support, relaxation. So relaxing activities uh, like meditation, progressive muscle relaxation, or other calming techniques. So that's, again, Megan sitting in her car, taking the deep breaths, 
That's another coping mechanism. Problem solving. So this involves identifying a problem that is causing stress and then developing and putting into action some potential solutions. So when we were talking in our um, episode on psychologically psychological reasons we impulse spend, making that list of these are the things that I'm going to do when I am celebrating positive emotions. These are the things I'm going to do when I'm feeling negative emotions. That's that problem-solving coping mechanism. Uh, humor, this one we love, making light mm. of a stress, stressful situation. Um, that can teeter into unhealthy, so uh, just be aware of that. And then also physical activity. Exercise can serve as a natural and healthy form of stress relief. That can also sometimes teeter into unhealthy. So, uh, so yeah, so those are the five coping mechanisms that this therapy website recommends. Yes. All of them can be so helpful. So try them out. See what works for you. And thanks for listening, everybody. We had a blast with you along with us. Thanks for listening. We also love reading your reviews. It's something else we have a blast doing. We especially like this from this one from Akwajix. I'm so glad you got to read that. That's just letters. Mm -hmm, But that is, I think, how I would pronounce it. I'd pronounce it, I think. They said, love this. The best financial podcast I have found. Jen and Jill keep me entertained while teaching me all the financial tips. Some of these tips I didn't even know I needed. Thank you, ladies. Mm, Yeah, so thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or both. It helps potential new listeners know what they're getting into. So if they're not into healthy coping mechanisms, then this might be might not be the place for them. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. So, Jen. Mm-hmm. We, during, no, before No Spend January, you and I shot a lot of B-roll together, which is basically video where you're not going to hear us talking, but we might put our voices over top of it or music over top of it. Usually text. Text. Yep. That then goes out on social media. So you can like see our faces, but we can still be giving you content there. One of the things that we did was go to the thrift store and kind of show how we were shopping at the thrift store, how we're using our color palette to find the clothing that we Mm -hmm. might be looking for. I don't think we bought anything, though. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did? We bought the shirt that I wore yesterday and a... Well, I did. Oh. I mean, Frugal Friends bought it because it was a business expense. (laughs) I got a red sweatshirt that was in my color palette and a blue linen shirt that was also in my color palette. However, in the B-roll video, I am now realizing, I don't think you've used it yet, so maybe this mistake will be unrecognized. But only after purchasing it did I realize that when I first tried it on and you took video of me with it on, that I had it on backwards. (laughs) (laughs) It has buttons like all down the center of it, vertically down the center. And I thought, and buttons that don't work, they're more aesthetic. 
And I thought that they go in the front because genu- generally that's where yeah. buttons would go. Yeah. So I put the shirt on in the front, thought it was cute, purchased it because I liked it, yeah. got home, realized that's where the tag is. Them buttons <laughs> are supposed to be in the back. Still like it. That is how I wear huh. it now. But interesting. If that little video of me ever comes up and I'm wearing a blue linen shirt with buttons down the front, that's backwards. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll make sure that makes it up on onto the internet. <laughs> By the time you listen to this, it probably will be somewhere on our Instagram. <laughs> the whole world is upside down. You know what else is upside down? All the people on your blouse right now. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Every- well, that, this there's no way to turn it the other well, way. Well, I know. I know. But like it's printed upside down. Yeah. Well, not to me because I'm able to look down from my vantage point and see the people. But they, I look, they look right side up. To I me. look at your arm the whole mm-hmm. time we're recording, just looking at these people being upside down, just holding hands. Well, it's artistic with our and with their feet I'm in the air. giving elementary school art teacher with this. You linen really are. Down, you very much are. You're, I you're love giving it. very Gulfport vibes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'll take it. Yeah, I I like it. And um, those trees are right side up, though. That's just, that's art right there. Mm-hmm. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.